Are you kidding me? She's coming? What? What? My mother is taking Eva Longoria on a horseback ride tomorrow. Hell yeah. Can what? I come? Is, is Ryan Gosling there? Are they married? No. No. They are, she, he's married to Eva Mendez. Wow. Uh, uh, where are you going? Can I go? I'm going to die. Okay. Anyway, we oh, need to yeah. do this. Well, let's rage. Does she, know how, this. does she know how to ride? I have no idea. I, I really guess, don't know. I guess you'll find out, won't you? I sure will. I'm going. I have to go on this. She's 5'2". She's very short. Very petite. All celebrities are. Can you get some photos for the... No, I'm just going to be like... <laughs> That's insane. Also, are you coming over tomorrow? No. I'm a little busy. Um, you're not... Wait, how are we going to do our live... We'll just do it with Ava Longoria. <laughs> Wait, why is she taking her horseback ride? I don't know. I need to get all of this information. Uh, so she's taking Mark Sanchez, who is a former quarterback for the Jets and the someone else's. So Mark Sanchez's girlfriend is Ava Longoria. Mark Sanchez is here. He was like, I want to take my girlfriend out on a horseback ride. And there you go. That's all I know. I don't know where they're staying. I'm going to guess it's like the Freedom Ranch. Actually, you know what? I think that it's at the big house because it's Ray Schonsberg that called and asked. So I think it's at that big house that burned down and flooded. Big Hole Meadows? I don't know. What is it called? It, it is. Yeah, Big Hole Meadows. I think that's right. Because I, I remember I pulled in there because I didn't know where the lodge was. And I was like, this is my it. And I didn't have cell service. And I got lost for like an hour. And I was oh, no. so confused. And then who was our maintenance guy who was like, who had the adorable golden retriever, but he was like kind of messed up? Oh, I don't know. What That wasn't Mikey. I think it was Mikey. I think it was. Well, now Mikey has a different dog. That's funny. What? Does, is it the dog nice? So sweet. His name's Jackson. Oh. Anyway, he was working at the H Bar J, and I pulled over, and I was like, "Hey, I need some help." And everyone was like, "Okay, here's what you do: you go up the byway, and then you take two bridges. You go up the byway." And I was like, "What the fuck is the byway? What are you talking about?" I had, I was like, I was so confused. Let's introduce our guest. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Flycast. Today we have. A dear friend of both Steph and I. Uh, her name is Mandy Dearborn. She is beautiful and amazing. <laughs> she just moved from Chicago all the way over here to Montana. Um, and she has drastically, drastically changed her life very recently. And we're here to talk to her about her transition, how that's going, and what she's looking forward to in the future. So let's get to know Mandy Dearborn. We have my sister's college roommate. She has her MBA from a prestigious school. Yep. Prestigious. Northwestern <laughs> University. Also, where my dad went to undergrad. 
That's pretty sweet. I don't know if I, I don't know if I knew that. Yeah, uh, he didn't graduate because he um, was too busy pranking people. I don't know what he was doing, but he got his MBA from U Chicago. I was going to say from Booth. I knew that. From, yeah, Booth, uh, you know, Wilkes Booth. John, he got his MBA from John Wilkes Booth. Just kidding. No, 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 no. University of Chicago, Booth. School of Business, is that right? I think it's now the GSB Graduate School of Business, but yeah. we can move on. Yeah, the Gangster Standard Business. I mean, frankly, you know more than I do, factually. Like, I don't know. I didn't know necessary. I didn't know the, the places. In Chicago is deep, obviously. Everyone should know this. It should be taught in school. What are mm-hmm. the MBA programs available in Chicago? What are they, you know? Yeah, there's some good ones for sure. There are mm-hmm. some good ones. So we have we have an MBA graduate candidate. Just a, yeah, I have my graduate degree. We can just- Graduate degree from a prestigious business school. Wait, where were you born? I was born in New Hampshire. Where were you raised? In New Hampshire. Raised in New Hampshire, and then you moved to Chicago after school or during school? Moved to Texas, then to Santa Barbara, California, then to Ohio, then my parents lived in Paris and Seattle, and then I moved to Chicago after school. Apparently, Pat's favorite aspect of the pod has been what we're drinking. I think he's being sarcastic, but I'm going to go ahead and throw that up there. This is, this is a good one for me to talk about what I'm drinking because I have about seven different beverages to talk about. So. Great, yeah, this is great. Cassandra, what are you enjoying on your end? Well, let me tell you. Um, so I started off when I got home because I was feeling a little, a little tired. So I started off with a power pack like vitamin C, a liquid IV sponsored by Liquid IV from Costco. Uh, anyway, it's like a little, it's an effervescent, it's an effervescent thing and it like replenishes your hydration and I don't know. So I had one of those. And then on top of that, on top of that, I'm drinking some jasmine tea. Jasmine, that's my favorite tea. Fun fact about me, other than black iced. And then on top of that, I'm drinking a mango seltzer. So, uh, well, we are drinking margaritas made by Larry and some uh, Bud Light seltzer. I'm drinking Skip. So I I picked out what every I've I, I've categorized every um, Bud Light seltzer into like what meal you are supposed to drink it with. So your mango seltzer is um, breakfast. Your black cherry is like throughout the day, and then it's also a good dinner one. And then after that, you have your lime, your lemon lime, which is a good palate refresher. And then, of course, you have your strawberry, which is a dessert seltzer. Are the only flavors? As far as I know, in terms of Bud Light. I mean, it makes sense. I, I, I agree with your categorization. Thank you. Okay, Mandy, let's dive deep. All right, so you were born. I was born in 1986. In the state of the motto, live free or die, I lived in New Hampshire until I was five. And then we moved to Texas. What were your, what was your family doing in New Hampshire? And where were you in New Hampshire? So I was in Salem, not to be confused with Salem, Massachusetts. The witch trials and all yeah. that shit. Were um, there witches? Burned? You weren't part yeah, of that. No, yeah, there were in Salem, Massachusetts. Not no, but Salem, Salem, New Hampshire. Salem, New Hampshire. Salem, New Hampshire is just a small town. I don't even know if there's anything 
distinguishable about it. It's just a town in New Hampshire. Um, there until I was five, and then we moved to Texas, to Plano, Texas. Yep, I uh, lived there for nine years. And we moved to Santa Barbara, California, and then to Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, okay. So was yeah. your dad or mom a spy? No, no, no spies, no spies in the family. That's what you think. myself. I know, I know. It's still questionable. Jury's out. Uh, no, my dad started a business in New Hampshire that he then sold to a company in Texas, which is why I moved to Texas. And then he became just a serial entrepreneur and started working for a lot of startups, which is why I moved to Santa Barbara. Um, and then that startup, he just did not agree with, I think, some of management decisions. Um, and then we moved to Cleveland. So what yep. was your favorite? Uh, Cleveland, actually. Cleveland, really? hot take. Hot, hot take. take mistake by the lake was my favorite. I think I really liked Midwesterners. I think I loved where I went to high school in Cleveland. Um, I think it reminded me a lot of New Hampshire. Hudson, Ohio, which is the town where we were or where my parents still are is really like kind of like New England-ish and I think I really liked that. What's New England about it? Um, all like the the homes are very, um, the architecture is very similar and it's just like a really cute town and I don't know everyone's super nice. I just really liked it. So that's funny because no one's nice in New England. So that's true. That's, <laughs> that is true. So it's like it's it's a mid midwestern maybe New England thought. Yeah a, yeah. a blend? A blend. A blend. Yeah. What kind of, so like, what kind of stuff did you grow up doing? Like, when you traveled a lot and you lived in all these different places, like, what did you pass the time doing? Did you make a lot of friends? Do you have, like, hobbies? Uh, I mean, I was pretty normal, I think, similar to the rest of us. I don't think there was anything that, like, really stood out as part of my childhood. We took a lot of road trips. We never, what vehicle? Uh, a van, a Chrysler Town & Country. I don't know. We never flew anywhere super exotic. I think my parents were all about road trips. So we road tripped a lot around Texas. We went to Florida, went to Missouri, nothing super fancy. What was your favorite road trip and why? I, my favorite was probably going to Branson, Missouri. We stayed at Big Cedar Lodge, which was this like really cool resort, um, which is maybe my love for the outdoors. Maybe that's where it originated. Who knows? Um, it's a really cool place. That was probably always my favorite road trip. Do you have Go siblings? Ahead. Older brother. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're you're beaten into submission. Is what the deal yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also had an older brother named Nicola. You can listen to her yeah, on the is, podcast. <laughs> you know what? She's a gender bender. Uh, gender love bender. her. Love her. Um, but yeah, she. I definitely feel like I almost grew up with an older brother, <laughs> and have the scars to prove it. Not to say, not to assign gender roles to anyone. Uh, based based on what I've heard <laughs> from other people with older brothers. Yeah, she, she has threatened my current boyfriend with a shotgun when he, she first met him and said, if you ever break her heart, I know how to use it. I want to know, like, why, when you did, like, all your moving and you had all these, like, road trips and stuff, did you find yourself enjoying going to, like, the middle of nowhere a lot? Like, I'm trying yeah. to piece yeah, this I together. Yeah, I did. I loved, which is probably why I don't mind driving at all or road trips. I loved, like, going all over the place with my family i'd say texas road trips were pretty boring there wasn't really like a lot going on there but like when we went to missouri and florida i I had a ton of fun and so you you know obviously so you know the two of us through nicola and where did you meet nicola we met because we both did novice crew 
and we both realized we had to- whoa 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 what's that now this crew is like where they try to recruit people to join the women's crew team because no one really wants to come to college to do that and so you do like novice crew for like a month and Nicole and I both did it and then we were walking back from practice one day and we started talking and we both realized we did a gap year then we bonded and then we became very close friends and then immediately yeah we both did not end up doing crew (laughs) and yeah that's how I know her and that's how I knew you guys pretty much right what did you do during your gap year Uh, I lived in England Oh, learning the language yep. uh you know and the food Fish and chips um yeah i lived in hertfordshire which is about 25 miles north of london right huh? know it well there's that pub there's that pub i love it there there's that one pub there's that you know the classic <laughs> the classic one pub no that was my gap year your sister's was different did um, you do anything aside from drink at the pub or what did you do there oh great question it's hard to remember um it was actually a pretty tough year because i was super close with all my friends from high school and they all went off to college and were like drinking and doing super cool shit and i was in a boarding school that was had just turned co-ed like five years prior sounds so great uh-huh sounds hormonal i think there were 20 females um and uh the food was shit and they were strict about a lot of things and it honestly was not um super enjoyable all the time so i was pretty homesick but i grew up a lot and um you know experienced a lot so honestly yeah. that period of time I think sucks for everybody on a different level. And if it doesn't suck for you, you still live in your hometown and- And you peaked, you've already peaked. I'm sorry. So yeah, I, I don't feel like your friends were doing anything super cool. They I were like still, drinking in I was still jealous and I still missed everyone. And, yeah, and I was just stuck in, stuck in England. All right, so you gap, you, you gap yeared, you crewed, you schooled. <laughs> <laughs> and this is at Bucknell, right? Um, yeah, and so then after that, I went to I went to Bucknell and I met Nicola, and then I was like, I was way cooler in high school. I was kind of a nerd in college. Nicola partied way more than I did, um, and still does, and still does. She is still going strong by default. Um, I I just like yeah, I think I studied too much in college, which I was sometimes regretful of, but that led me into you know. I guess my career and where I am. What was, what did you major? What did you major in? Economics. Dope. Dope. Yeah. Micro? Macro? <laughs> what, what did you like? I what actually was... really like micro more than macro. Um, okay. But yeah, no, I can't, I don't even remember what classes I took, which shows you how uh, formative great a liberal arts education is these days. Mm-hmm. You know, you really mm-hmm. use it. You really use it. Go into debt. Uh, you won't remember a thing. Let's let's fast forward to the part that we care about. Um, no one cares about the in between. <laughs> but okay, so you moved. I mean, you went to Chicago. Okay, so you so you graduated from Bucknell. You went and you got your MBA from Northwestern. Uh, I keep on wanting to say Northeastern because Boston, you know, whatever. But anyway, Northeastern is actually like turning to a really great a good, school. Yeah, it is a good school. Um, sure. when I first applied, I think I actually applied there. I can't remember if I did, but like, it was kind of like not a joke school, but it was like just on the brink of like becoming mm-hmm. a good school. And now it's like a really good school. It is a good school. Yeah. 
Okay, so you moved to Chicago to go, so you immediately graduated and was like, hello, MBA, yes. No, 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 no. I had, I had two jobs. Honestly, that period of my life isn't that interesting, but I had two jobs before I got my MBA, and then after my MBA was when I did my last job, and then after my last job was when I quit and moved here. Okay, so what was your last job? Whoa, spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, investment banking. In Chicago. In Chicago. Great. Yes. Great. So give us a little taste. Cassandra and I have certainly not worked in investment banking, nor will we. It's not looking hopeful. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. probably not though. Yeah. So the majority of what my company did was uh, sell side banking. So you help uh, sell companies. Okay. Company, to other companies? To either other companies or private equity firms. Right. For dismantling purposes or? Um, you know, it, it depends if they want um, to grow and their current owner is not part of that plan. They want to either sell to another company or sell to another investor who can actually kind of afford their growth plan. So it really, it varies. Yeah, that's, you're basically the middleman between selling a company to either a PE investor or another company. Okay. And it's, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it in layman terms. And mm -hmm. a lot of, lordy, lordy. a lot of uh, stuff is involved in that and a lot of, a lot of work and a lot of hours, but I feel like it's always very glamorized and it's not if that's even a word um and it's not there are some parts which i've told Cass about that are fun and fancy like after you end a deal or um like i don't know close a deal or end a project like you always have like a closing dinner or an event and those can be like fancy and fun but most of the job is just a lot of a lot of work and a lot of work that you sometimes just don't want to do and a lot of hours so what what was what were some of the contributing factors that led you to say, hey, to Wisdom Montana, well, or even just in general, like, hey, let's, I need a break, I need some time off, I need to do something else for a bit. Honestly, like there were, I really did enjoy the work. Um, I I don't know if I was like actually like that great at the job, but um, I did enjoy parts of the work. Uh, but for me, it was just being like when I would do the job or when, even when I would be in meetings presenting or something, I, part of me was like, this is just not you. Like, I did not feel like I was being my authentic self or whatever you want to say. Um, and it just felt like terrible. I just did not like that. I didn't like putting on, I don't know. I didn't, I, I just didn't feel like it was really me. And I was frankly just kind of burnt out and sick of it all. And I just needed a break. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. The, and I didn't want to just get another job and just to leave. I wanted to actually figure out myself and what I wanted to do. And it took me a good like year and a half to finally decide to quit. And then I did. And how did this all, like, how did it all start? Like, um, what I, mean, happened? I, had, I had like had a lot of conversations with coworkers just being like sick of everything and just thinking about all sorts of different ideas about what I wanted to do. And then I ended up, um, I basically decided, so there was, I worked there for almost four years and there was a period where I knew I was up for promotion. And, um, I basically decided I was like, okay, so I'll really try hard to get promoted and then I'll see if it gets any better or I'll see if I'm just like 
so sick of it at that point that I just really need to leave. So I ended up getting promoted. Um, and then nothing really changed. Like I actually didn't even care when I got promoted. I felt absolutely nothing. I just, just, and that was a sign to me that I just needed to be done. Yeah. Let's, let's, um, pop in here for a life tip for our listeners. If you don't care about your job in any capacity, um, even when you get promoted and you get a salary bonus or a salary increase, it's probably time to move on. Yeah, which is what I did. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm like astronomically happier now. Like there is no, I'm much more myself right now than probably I've ever been. And I make not even 10% of what I was making before. But can you, so can you tell us like, how, how'd you get here? How'd you get to Wa- Wisdom, Montana? Um, so I, uh, I quit um, and it was a week before COVID. What? A week, a week before COVID, uh, okay, uh, end of February of 2020, um, and it was probably a week before COVID really got bad in the U.S., um, and then I worked for another, like, I don't know, month or so, and then I had a Zoom call with Nicola and our friends from college, and she was out in Montana, and it was like, well, um, hey, <laughs> she said she was going to be there for another month, and I just decided to go. So you just packed like a lot of stuff or just like a couple bags? Like told me, she told me, don't bring anything that you uh, don't want to get ruined. So I, I brought mostly good uh, tip, unattractive athletic gear and flannels and ski shit. And, um, yep. And so I, I just packed and I came out and then um, she was in like her gorgeous A-frame cabin nestled on the big hole river. He'd been there, Cass. <laughs> Once or twice. And it was, yeah, it was like unbelievable. And I fell in love with it, uh, like immediately when I pulled up. Okay. So did you like think, like, did you think right out of the gate that you were gonna make this transition, drop everything and move or... Well, part of, me, part of me before, before I came, and one of my coworkers honestly told me, he was like, you're going to go out there and you're going to never come back. And so part of me, when I first started talking to Nicola was like, I, I was kind of worried I would go out and I would just never want to come back. And that's honestly what happened. I think within two weeks, I knew that I would move to Montana. Like it wow. was pretty quick. It was a pretty, and I, maybe that wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have been unemployed, but like it was a pretty strong pull to okay. the treasure state. The old treasure state. Yeah, the old right. treasure state. Okay, so now you're in the treasure state. I am in the treasure state. <laughs> How many more times can we say the treasure state? <laughs> I really wish it wasn't called that, but it's the treasure I state. I love it though. It's kind of, you know, full of treasure. Is it? Full of treasure. I feel like oh, it's it's everywhere. Just, that should be like Barbados's slogan. It's like, what kind of, <laughs> it's like, I think I'm more obsessed with Montana than probably any other state I've ever been to. Okay. Have your parents been out here yet? No, they have not. They are coming for, I believe, the month of November. Do they want to right. stay in this Airbnb? <laughs> no, they're going to stay with me in my cabin. In Southwest Montana. Yes. In so- yes. Staying in my cabin near, uh, near the Jackson Hot Springs Lodge. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. 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 Shout out to yeah. you. Yeah. JHS. 
J, which is, yes. and when we say Jackson, we do not mean Jackson, Jackson Wyoming. Wyoming. We no, don't mean, we mean Montana. We mean Jackson, as in this treasure state, middle of nowhere, the only stopping point between Wisdom and Dylan. In the treasure I did state. Not rehearse that. Yeah, uh, that no was gas, great. So don't, yeah, uh, don't yeah. depend on that. No, no gas. Yeah, no, 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 no. And so you're, you are, you are just gainfully employed at the Jackson Hunts. Hot Springs. I am working the front desk at the Jackson Hot Springs Lodge and loving it. I feel like you do and more you... than work the front desk, though. Yeah, I've done. Yeah, you quite, do. I've, yeah, I've, I do a lot there. I've seen you fold towels. I've seen you clear tables. I've seen you, you work know, the bar, yeah. I've seen you, you know, blow life into the hot springs in a way, yeah. in a way that you know it was closed for years and years. It was, yeah. Um, after after the previous owner passed away, and then there was some flooding, and it was closed, I think, for maybe five, six years. The new owners came in in 2018. They're, they're, they're from the Netherlands, and they've owned it. Now one of them is he's gone, but um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a great burger there the other night. I think I had, like, the Western burger or, like, the cowboy burger or something. Oh, I had, wait, like, the ranch burger with the egg? No, it had Ew. like bacon and like onion rings on it. Ew. <laughs> Ew. That is a very common thing. And uh, yes, I know. Thank you, Hawaii. Or um, other very popular. I had one in China. I had one in China when I was like, they have eggs. Give it to me. There's really something to be said for you know, you had this like serious corporate job doing all this like high dollar stuff. You were really in the depths and now you're like working with your hands and you're talking to people and you're you know some could argue that it's simple work but it's not and I think that's amazing you're not as challenged from a like a you know mentally challenged but um being on my feet and talking to people and it's just it's so much fun I can't believe I'm I I almost like money doing what I do. You are using your brain because you're using the people side of your brain. That's rather yeah. than it's not to say that you're not using it. It's just you're using it in a different way. And number two is I want to discourage people from using the term a real job, quote unquote. Every job is a real job. If they're paying you money, it's would, a real job. And that's how honestly most people around here make a living. So it is a is a it is a real job. I have a full time you could say I'm working at least thirty two hours a week, 32 to 40, Thursday through Sunday. So yeah, I am gainfully employed. And it is a real You're job. You're in your 30s. This is a decision that you made for yourself. You moved out here mm-hmm. with the plan of having this job. This is a real job. And I want to discourage people and in particular parents from making that judgment on their kids. I because there's so much of that. There's so much of that now. And it's not, it's not necessary. I mean, there's like different careers popping up every day that you can figure out a way to make money and it's like it's respectable it's awesome and I'm certainly not trying to dig myself a hole I mean I'm doing the exact same thing talking to people serving people x y and z I've been doing it for years and that's that's what I do I'm not not... embarrassed by it at all at all yeah I I like great I legitimately do like the job I think that that's hard for us in a capitalist society. Yes, I said it. To value things that aren't exactly, you know, uh, improving the. Well, we uh, are. 
Right, but we're not we're not contributing not actively to the stock market. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yes. we are yes. people oriented, service oriented. Like all those jobs are real jobs, and mm-hmm. they need to they need mm-hmm. to exist, and they need to happen. I really think a liberal arts education pounds in the fact that you need to be contributing oh, yeah. to a capitalist economy, and that's harmful to a lot of people who realize that doesn't apply to them later on in life or any point in life, like, you don't need to be there. Yeah, and I work with a lot of people who don't have college degrees and who are incredibly smart. I really like my coworkers. I think they're all smart people. And I just, yeah, it challenges a lot. This entire experience has challenged how, like, basically how I've grown up and pretty much everything. Um, So it's been really uh, informative from that perspective. Can you tell us a little bit about the conversation you had with your parents, like throughout this process of like, from, from, Um, hey, I'm quitting my job to, hey, I'm living in Montana in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. Yeah, there is not a lot of service out here. So we are really, (laughs) so generally my dad um, was very supportive. My mother was not as supportive, but I think that's mostly due to her very conservative nature and wanting me to continue on like a normal career track. But I remember one morning I called her and I was quote unquote normal. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, I called her and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I really need to quit. And she was like, don't do that. You need another job. And I got to the point where I was like, Nope, I am quitting and that's it. And you know, um, and so then they knew that I was going to be unemployed for a certain amount of time as I figured out my life, but that ended up turning into coming out to Montana and then moving to Montana. And um, so I think she thinks I've become like a full-blown hippie. I think she is <laughs> generally supportive, but my dad has probably been the most supportive. I think he tends to be, um, sorry, mom, if you listen to this, he tends to be more open-minded, I think. And she just, I think she just wants the best for me. So I think right. she's more scared that like, I'm just gonna, I don't know, maybe lose myself out here and, you know, not grow up with the same maybe things that I grew up with. But uh, I'm, I think she's now getting okay with everything because she realizes how happy I am. Like I'm just so, I can't even say like, I'm just so much happier. So I think she's okay now. I think a lot of parents like have this struggle of like, I want my kid to have the same opportunities and the same experiences that I was able to provide for them or more or more in reality. We can't, we can't do that. We can't. Or that doesn't guarantee happiness. Right. Exactly. And we, and we are lucky enough and privileged enough to be in a space where our parents have provided us with fantastic educations, fantastic life experiences, fantastic kind of given us the world on a silver platter. That's the most liberating thing though. Right. Our, it's, it is, it is, at the end of the day, it is your life, which I think that took me a long time to realize. You need to appreciate your parents and what they gave you, but it honestly doesn't really matter. Like you need to do what makes you happy. A hundred percent. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what is, I mean, and a hundred percent totally fine if you don't have a game plan. Do you have like an idea of like, how is it how's it gonna go in Montana or are you just like I'm gonna see what happens I'm gonna see like where this takes me yeah I think I've struggled with that a lot because I, I think there is a side of me that's pretty type a and that probably wants some sort of plan um no I think I'm just kind of taking it as it comes like there's some 
maybe side consulting work that I might do for my old company or that I might do for other companies. Um, but I just generally want to just like, I think I was so structured for what, 10 years that I think I just want to do whatever I want and what feels good in the moment and just kind of decide based on what happens. I don't have any sort of long-term plan except realizing that I've gone from something that was very, um, I don't know, like cushy and nice and great to living on much, much less and being a lot happier. So I think I've just realized I don't need as much and um, you know, I don't know what that'll turn into. I know from my sister's perspective, a lot of your friends from college, and I'm assuming from your graduate program, have gone on to, you know, like settle down with, mm -hmm. with, you know, maybe getting married and having like kids of their own. And like, how are you um, as a woman out here? Like basically- 34 and single when everyone in Montana who's 34 has two kids. That's not what I'm meaning to apply as a pioneer woman coursing their own path mm -hmm. throughout Montana. Mm -hmm. How are you dealing with society's pressures that are trying to get you to buy into the patriarchy? So I think I've dealt with those pressures for, since I was probably like, what, 25, 27? Um, I don't know. I think, so I've, I mean, I've dated a lot of people and I, I think I got to the point where, I mean, it had to be probably within the last like few years. I think you just can't change what happens sometimes so you you can have good relationships you can have bad relationships you can get married in your 20s or early 30s I, I don't know like I think everyone has a different path um you can just, get married at any age everyone <laughs> that just hasn't happened I know for sure that like my dad's family for instance has certainly I'm sure my parents get it all the time like why isn't Mandy found someone or what oh you'll find someone you know you get that a lot but I think that um, like I can't do anything about my situation right now. I think you just need to do like I'm very happy as I am. I 100% want like a ton of kids. I love kids. I want to be married. I I don't know. I I just I can't change anything about my past. That's like crying over spilled milk. I don't know. It's, it's almost as if I'm like just figuring out myself, which I think is so important to do before you actually get married. I was always a late bloomer. So maybe that's happening when I'm 34 and maybe I'll get married when I'm 40. I think it's very important to be happy on your own and content alone. You can't control certain things. So just letting all that go. Also, yeah, hot take, hot take for anyone on the pod, be happy on your own and you can be happy on your own. Even if you're in a relationship, you don't need that other person to fulfill you. I, I just love that. Like you, you need to be happy with yourself regardless of whether you're in a relationship or not. Female empowerment. Also male empowerment. Yeah. Like it's fine. Single in a relationship as a person, as an individual Find Just out. Be you. Fucking be you. Find out. I think out. one thing about Montana is that, like, I think people here are pretty authentic. Cass can probably speak to this as a full-blown local. I know, Steph, you've been coming here since forever. I think Montanans, which is why I love it so much, are pretty true to themselves. I'm not saying they're perfect individuals, but, like, I don't know. I think that's also brought out 
a lot of another side of me, which is much more um, just honest and true to myself versus like trying to put on some, I don't know, be some person that I really wasn't in Chicago. Yeah. Cass, we haven't heard from you in decades. That's because you don't stop talking. Um, so, yeah. I mean, definitely Montanans are... I, I think there's I think there's something about rural communities, um, growing up in small towns, literally having, like, nothing else but yourself to be around. So, you know, I think that that has a lot to do with the way we are and you know there's nothing certainly there's people that are are expected to be a certain way around here and so they do that they live up to those standards but overall I think a lot of people are very you know true to themselves true to others I mean I I think that people here are really like willing to lend a helping hand like I think that you moving here is brave and you're totally independent in that, but I know there's going to be so many people around that are like there for you and will help you like with whatever it is. It's very like community oriented, especially in the yeah. I mean, I think we should tell the audience that we are in, I mean, can we say this in wisdom and wise river and parts of Montana that are extremely rural. We're not in Bozeman, we're not in Missoula. And I think there's a there's a huge sense of community here versus like, I don't know, coming from Chicago, it's just a different thing. And we should also say that the population of Montana is what, a million? Versus a million, yeah. you know, uh, three million in Chicago. So it's just, it's a very, yeah, it's very different. Well, and just going off of like, you and like relationships and stuff I mean you you just said that like you're the happiest you've been in 10 years so things like that go hand in hand the happier you are for yourself like a relationship can come it's but it's not a hurry you know it's a it's a big deal that you are as happy as you are it's also a struggle to get to know yourself that's like a lifelong process oh yeah I've been here for what three four months whatever how long it's been you get to right. know yourself, which can be like fucking painful, but also great. When you move to a rural small community, you have my sister yes. to kind of introduce you to a couple people, but then she left and it was you <laughs> and you alone. How did you make friends? So Nicola, your wonderful sister, um, who's full of life, like literally everywhere. So we, I, I, I went to the A-frame literally when I pulled up to the A-frame, my first- My parents' property yes, in Montana. Yes, um, <laughs> um, So I pulled up to the cabin and I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, it was absolutely stunning. Like, I honestly could not believe that I'd never been to this place before and fell in love with it like pretty much immediately. So I think the first day that Nicola and I went into town, it was maybe like the next day or the day after, she introduces me to everyone. She knows everyone. We go into, I don't know how much <laughs> we go into Fetty's, which is like the, the crossing, which is like the one restaurant, talk to everyone, introduce me to everyone. We go to the general store. She knows Sherry, the owner, like we go to the Coons, which are the ranchers that she's super close with. She introduces me to everyone. Anywhere we go, Nicola is hugging everyone, talking to everyone. So incredibly full of life and about the scene here, um, that, that it is like intoxicating. 
And so I got to know everyone. I, I just like loved everything about it. I loved the authenticity. I loved how simple and wonderful and beautiful it was. I just like loved it. And so she, she, and so we were here, we drank plenty and did plenty and had people over all the time for dinners and it was super fun. Um, so she left and I knew enough people that I felt fine. And then I started working at the lodge after she left too. So then, um, I got to know more people through that and it was just fine. Like I just, I was never like, I, I don't know. I was just super happy and, and glad to stay and I wanted to stay and it was just not an issue. So if you have advice to people moving to rural communities in the, which could happen a lot during this time, right? A lot of people are doing right. that probably. Yeah. What would, what would be, what would be some advice? You, you need, well, you need, I don't know. Um, a Nicola. <laughs> yeah. You need a Nicola. Yeah. Um, no, I think you just need to be yourself, to be genuine, to try to get to know people, to ask questions, to be curious and to just like, explore. I think you just need to be really open-minded because the lifestyle out here certainly is so different, but I think you just need to be, um, I think you just need to genuinely try and get to know people. And, and, and that can, that can be hard for, especially for introverts. I'm not like there's an introvert in me, but like I can be pretty extroverted. So based on my experiences traveling and stuff, like I've always considered myself to be pretty introverted as well. Like I don't, feel like I'm constantly putting myself out there to meet new people but when I travel and I go to these you know different places where I know literally no one you don't have a choice you have to talk to your boss or you have to like put yourself out there ask questions like you kind of don't have a choice so when you when you get out of your own comfort zone like I noticed with me, I, I've definitely, I've changed quite a bit over just the past few years just because of my traveling, you know. If you're traveling or you're going to a new place, maybe try to get a service industry job, yeah, like right off the bat. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a great a idea for sure. In that, in that capacity. And then secondly, you, you have to just be open to meeting as many people as possible, even if you don't really like connect. Half of, half of my best friends are like 50 plus. Like it just, it's no big deal. No, not you. (laughs) No, no, not, you're not 50 plus. (laughs) But you know, I mean, that's just like, you can't, you can't be picky, especially in a small town where there's just a few people. Like, most people are genuinely good people, and you can be friends with them. So, be open to it. Like how wild it is out here! Like, like rowdy. Like there are no rules. There used to be no speed limit. Like people fucking drink like fit. Like it's it's so so different. Like there's no service anywhere. Yeah. Communication is an issue. Like. I think, I think also, I think we certainly need to talk about how just like, it is like. Well, let's talk about it. How was your adjustment with that? Like with the no service thing? How did that go for you? I mean, I was, I loved it. Did you have like apps that you're going on like all the time? No. Like before, when you were in Chicago, you weren't going on like Instagram or Facebook or like social media. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, I just didn't, I mean, I, I honestly love the no service. I love being disconnected, but uh, I think it can be a struggle in terms of communication. I think as you probably, as you both probably know, we can say that dinner at the A-frame 
which is the cabin that I stayed in for the month with Nicola, starts at seven. Like, and you don't hear from people for like more than what, four or five hours and then they show up at nine. And there's no way of being like, hey, are you okay? Because they're out on the ranch or they're doing something like, it's just, that's not, you have to be very open to just not being able to get in touch with people like a lot of the time. You kind of have to just like go about your normal business and if people show up, show they, up, show up they and, do. Yeah. And if uh-huh. they don't, they don't. Uh-huh. There's a certain amount of communication. It's definitely a different style though. It's like very, you know, old timey, I guess. Like you, and like if you're running late, you pop into the local bar and you ask for the landline and you're like, I need to call my friends and tell them. So I called Dan Kuhn, um, who is a rancher out here. We'll have him on the pod. Yeah, well, for sure. Yeah. Should. This is wonderful. Um, so I called him because one of my friends was in town and I wanted him, I wanted us all to ride. And and he was out and didn't get my, by the way, he, he does not have a cell phone. Um, so it's just a long <laughs> time. And so he was out all day and then ended up calling me back, but <laughs> he called my cab and didn't get a hold of me there. Talked to Nicola. Nicola was like, oh, I think she's at the crossing for dinner. So he called the crossing and then Diane, who owns the crossing, gave me the landline phone. It was like, Dan Kuhn is on the phone for you. Yeah. Literally as I was sitting down at dinner. Mm-hmm. I mean, that does not happen in Chicago. That does not happen in modern world. And I was just like, oh, hey, Dan. And then he was like, hey, I know you called earlier. Like, I know Courtney wanted to ride. He's like, sorry, I was out all day. And it's like, it's okay. And he's like, I'm going to A-frame for dinner. And I was like, okay, we're going there too. Like after we're done eating and Anyway, like, that shit just doesn't happen anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, in Wise River, there's, like, two, three bars. If you want to find mm-hmm. someone, you call those bars. Yeah. That's the first thing you do. Then you start worrying. Yeah. I really like that there are, I don't know, it's, like, the world has, like, not found this place. Almost. Right. I know that's, that's yeah. like, good and bad. I'm sorry. I know you sometimes. No. I mean, I think it's, I think it's awesome when people recognize the beauty and the just genuine, like, I don't know, weirdness about this place when they, when they appreciate it. All right, Mandy, could you, do you mind leaving us with like a fun story? I thought you, I'm so sorry. I thought you were like asking her to leave the room and I was like, can you leave? What are we doing? Can you please leave? Get out of here. Um, Like what? Okay, before we wrap things up, Mandy, do you have, like, a specific instant or, or like, a story in mind that really, like, solidified your, like, passion or something for uh, the area or, like, or something fun? Like, hey, I just fell off a horse or, you know what I mean? Like, something that you really liked or disliked even that was just, like, a really formative experience for you in the past couple of months. Oh shit! And we can. um, I mean, we can talk amongst ourselves while you think about it. No, no, no. I mean, I, I don't know if there's been like any specific instance. A really beautiful sunset you saw. Oh, we did. We've had that. I mean, the 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 sunsets here are incredible. Um, I I really liked. I don't know. I don't think this is one instance. I think there's been many of them. Mostly just like how authentic the people are here, but. Um, I, I did love moving cows. I would say that. So Nicola and I went to the Coons at six in the morning, um, one morning. Um, and we, uh, 
there, it was great because, and I have not ridden like a ton in my past. I've, I've rode like a ridden few horses. times. Yes, horses, horses, two horses. So we got on horseback and then we went through the, you know, um, pasture and got all the cows and then moved them through town at, you know, 6.15 in the morning, whatever, 6.37. I think I just loved like how <laughs> it was just, it was gorgeous. Um, I don't know, like it was just so much fun. And then we all went to the crossing after and had like chicken fried steak and just had a few beers at like noon. And I don't know, I think I love how like free you feel here. And so that was one of my most favorite experiences, but there's been so many of those that like, that made me fall in love with it here. Awesome. And then if you were to give somebody some advice, someone who was going to just completely change their life, drop everything and move to a very different lifestyle. What advice would you give that person? I would say that I think you really need to try your best to listen to yourself and to be who you truly are and to not care about what anyone else thinks. Because I think the second you try and figure all that out or you are that person, I think that's what leads to happiness because then you're not trying to be anyone different. You're not pretending to be anything. And the less you care about what other people think and the more you are just who you are, like you don't really need a lot else to be happy. Can I actually segue quickly? <laughs> um, how do you pay for that to realize stuff? <laughs> Well, um, uh, I don't know if you need to. You just like do the best you can on, I mean, you have some money saved. I do. I do. I'm lucky enough that I do have some money saved. Maybe that would be a concern if that was not the case, but I don't know. I'm not making a lot now and I'm also not spending a lot. Like I have no urge to spend a lot right now. So mm -hmm. I think it's also just like coming to terms with what's important to you. If you want to make more and you want a lot of things, then that's a different story. Right. But yeah. if you don't want much. Then fucking just live your life and do what you want to do and make however much and just, just like have fun. Beautiful. That's great. Thank you so much, Mandy, <clears throat> for joining us today. We have loved talking with you. Yeah, that was awesome. You had, you had a lot. You've just... You've done so much over the past few months. It's great. It's insane. But I love it. And we'd love to hear from anyone who has had like a drastic life change, especially during these Corona times. If they want to leave comments for us on our Instagram, we are at Flycast Live. On all sorts of things. Yeah, we're on Twitch. We're on Instagram. Are we on Twitter? We're on Twitter, you guys. Check it out. I should probably get on Twitter as well. That's fine. I don't know. At Flycast Live. Cass and I do a live thing, Q&A, or just like a, ch a chit chat every Wednesday on Twitch, on Twitch at Flycast Live. Sometimes it'll be just Cass. Sometimes it'll be just Steph. Sometimes it'll be either one of us plus guest. But yeah, we'll be there. I think it's is it at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time? Is that correct? No. No, it's no. at noon Eastern Standard Time. Is that correct? Yeah. 
that's about um, right yeah i mean yeah jk cut that um <laughs> so we will see you it's it's sunday uh, this comes out on sunday so we'll see you on wednesday on twitch at flycast live and if it's one or either of us i don't know check in ask us some qqs qqs um, I speak to how awesome you guys are, but no, okay. we don't need that. We don't. Everyone already knows. Um, Mandy, Mandy, is there anything you want to plug? <laughs> Perhaps, uh, you know, the lodge or your personal Instagram? No, no I'm going to plug you guys. Some rad ladies here. Mm-mm. No, I've got nothing to plug. She's plugging us up. I am plugging. Yeah. Oh, well, that's it. Oh. Well, she said it. Yeah, we'll, she said it. Yeah, we'll we'll talk. We'll talk. We almost got through a podcast without being raunchy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.